Praise God. That's what we need to have these days, right? It's a fearless faith. Man, I'm going to finish up that message this morning. But before I do, I just want to talk to you about some other things. Um, you know, church, I don't, I, you know, I, I, I don't even really know how to start this morning. You know, when I was when I was growing up and going to church, I went to a denominational church and I just went to church because good people went to church and my parents took me to church. I didn't really have a choice. And uh, so I went to church, you know, but it never meant anything to me. It wasn't alive. It wasn't real. It wasn't like I'm going to worship God and his presence is going to be there and, 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 and the world is going to be changed by my prayers. Or There was none of this alive activity. It was just going through the rituals, going through the steps, going through the motions. And, and you know, I'm not saying that the church was wrong. I was wrong in my heart. That's what I did. And I just dread to think that there's anybody that comes to Living Waters Church that you've grown up like that and you are just got a little different excitement, but you're doing the same thing. So I want to try to wake you up here just for a minute. Um, I'm telling you, listen to me. First of all, I want you to know this. God is for you. I want you to know God Almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all there and sitting on the throne of God today is, is concerned for you. Hear what I'm saying? He's concerned for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says he, he's got a future and a hope for you. He's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. You're not just a bump on a log in the midst of this world. Okay? But if you're living with the mentality that you're just living for this world, you know, you're just trying to make it. You're just trying to... To, 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 to grab hold of the American dream, you know, you're just you just want to, you know, make more money and get a bigger house or get a bigger car. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't care how big a house you got and how big a car you got. Just make sure you're blessing God in the midst of it. But my point is, if that's all you're focused on, your job, your 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 your, your goal is to just arrive at some status. Folks, I'm telling you, you're missing it. Because each and every one of us in here today, you're, you're going to come to an end in life. You're not going to live forever. You're not going to live eternally on this earth. I don't know if that's news to you, but you're not. And so you're going to live, if Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, you're going to live eternally in heaven forever. Everybody say forever. forever. So the real focus for a Christian should be what's coming in eternity. All right. Now, never before. Now I'm telling you facts. Never before in the history of the world. Now, I'm not going to preach this message. Maybe at another time. But you're just going to listen to me. Go research it yourself. But never, ever has there been in a history of time other than when Jesus came on this earth. Was there as much Bible prophecy fulfilled in a moment of time in a generation? OK, when I said generation, I'm talking about a. Uh, you know, a segment of time that you're living in, right? Never before. It hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. When Jesus came, there were so many scriptures fulfilled, right? Bible prophecy scriptures came. Jesus came to the earth. He was born of a virgin. He was born in Nazareth. All these scriptures that had been foretold in the word came to pass. So the Bible prophecy happened. All right. And then there wasn't really anything happened. I mean, actually, you go look and you read to the book of Malachi, and then it was 400 years of silence, you know, till Jesus came 400 years. There was 400 years of silence. Jesus comes, some Bible prophecy gets fulfilled. And then we've been, I'm just going to call it 2000 years, 2000 plus years. And there really hasn't been a lot of Bible prophecy fulfilled except 1948 
Israel coming to become a nation. All right. That took place because God said, I'm going to send you all all away. Then I want to bring you back and I'm going to give you a nation. That scripture came to pass. Now, a lot of people looking at everything else, you can go look at Nostradamus. You can go look at all these other crazy things you want to go look at. Right. But this this Bible that I'm always so amazed that you can. And I'm not saying this in a bad way, but you can go get it on at Walmart. You can go go to Walmart, get some groceries and go buy a Bible. Okay, it's not like it's a secret book hidden in, in, in some vault in the back of some secret society. No, it's the Bible. It's right there. And all the words in here, God is wanting to fulfill. Now, he's wanting to fulfill those words also in your life, but he's also doing something in the world. So when he says, I want to give you a future and a hope, that's a prophetic word for you. And if you grab a hold of it, you can walk in it. When he says, I want to bless you, that's, that's, a, that's a prophetic word. He wants to come into your life, right? Okay. But there's also things God's doing in the world. And right now, I want to tell you something, whether you realize it or not. There is more Bible prophecy being fulfilled right now. Right now. Than has happened since Israel became a nation, 48. There are events happening in the world that whether you, you know, the, 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 the media today wants us to get focused on stupid things. Okay, and and it's a distraction and it's something over here. But there is things there's God, there's big God things happening in the world. And again, you go research it. But the CIA noticed a big, huge, huge download of information coming out of the cloud in Iran. And they were looking to see what is going on, what is happening, what is all what is being Information, what information is being pulled down in Iran right there at this time that is so big it's making, you know, I'm calling it a hot spot of downloads. And so they went and investigated. You know what it was? Christian material. Christian material. There's a huge revival going on right in the middle of Iran. Iran. What do we hear about Iran? Oh, all the bad things going on, you know, and the, the crazies. And all the hooping and hollering and this and that and the other. All right. Okay. Did you know this week that Saudi Arabia, listen, Saudi Arabia, for the very first time ever in the history of the nation of Israel, invited the Israeli uh, national defense minister to come to Israel. Now, you got to understand something about Israel. You know, Israel is, it, I love them. I love, I, love, I love the nation of Israel, but I love the way that they present themselves. Like, like, you know, our president or vice president, they fly in Air Force One or two, right? And, you know, it's a big jet, and it has defensive weapons on it, but it's not an offensive weapon. When the Israelis fly, they fly in fighter jets, okay? Because they always are getting attacked, and they're like, you want a piece of me? You want to shoot me out of the sky? I'm coming at you with everything this fighter jet's got. Never before has a fighter jet flown in Saudi airspace that they know of. Invited to fly in, flies in, goes into the royal prince's, uh, you know, uh, whatever you call it, palace, and goes in there while they play the Israeli national anthem. It's unheard of. It's never happened before. Now, what I want to tell you is when that happened, it fulfilled... The first part of Ezekiel 38, 
And if you go research it, it says that uh, Sheba and Dedan are going to have a peace with Israel. And that took place. There's other countries, Muslim countries lining up right now with Israel. It fulfilled prophecy of Ezekiel 38, the very first part of it. Okay? What I'm saying to you is God is doing things. Miracles are taking place. Things that have never been, that could ever have been dreamed of are taking place and God's hand is moving. And you're the generation who's right in the middle of it. Okay? On the other front, you may know this, you may not know because you have to do some heavy research to find it. On February 4th, the United States under the direction of the president dropped all the sanctions on Iran and their atomic weapons lab. They dropped the sanctions. Oh, guess who jumps up? Russia, China. Oh, okay. Well, we can help you guys now. Oh, folks. I read it. I looked at it. I prayed about it. I said, Jesus, you just fulfilled some more of Ezekiel 38. Some more Bible prophecy just came to pass. Because folks, I want to tell you all something. I don't want to discourage you this morning, but this has a point to be with my message. You can go read through here. You can go look. You can go research. You can stretch it. You can try to do everything in the world you can. But there ain't no mention of the U.S. in this Bible. I remember when I first got saved and I started reading the Bible, I read and I read and I read and I read and I was, and I was like, huh, this is about Jews. I mean, I just had this American mind like Jesus was an American. That's how I grew up. And all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, ah. Oh. We're the guys that just got grafted in over here <laughs> into the tree. Yeah, okay. Didn't start out American. Okay, well, bless God. And so, Bible prophecy is being fulfilled. The war drums are beating. I can't tell you how it's going to turn out, but I can tell you this. This is the day and time in this generation we live in, you right now, need to be hearing the voice of God. You, more than any other time in life, you need to have a connection with Almighty God and know that you know that you're right with Him. Know that you know that you're hearing from Him, that you're not getting distracted to the left or to the right. Hello? More than ever right now, you need to have a rock-solid relationship with God Almighty because I'm telling you, we are on the precipice of huge, huge, huge things happening. We have a, a, a weak government right now. The bad guys are rattling their swords. And I don't like to see it be like this. I don't want to be a part of a nation that becomes weak and or fallen, but I do know this. I'm not. I am an American. I'm a Texan. But bless God, I'm a Christian. And I know God's got a plan, and I'm so excited to be in the middle of it. So excited to be in this generation that, you know, may see the return of Christ. I'm so excited to say what God's doing right now that I can stand up here and say, ha, ha, God, you always got it under control, even though it doesn't look like it. All right? So I started teaching this message, and and and. I, I wanted to be through it that this is my first of the year beginning message, and here it is February, you know, and I'm just now finishing up today. But uh, 
We've talked about hearing the voice of God. Folks, we've got to have a relationship with God that you know that you're making a connection with heaven and that you're hearing right. Now, there's a lot of junk out there. There's a lot of craziness out there. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of crazy stuff out there. And you need to make sure that you're staying focused on what God is wanting you to be focused on. So you have to go back. I can't review today. But I started talking about that the first thing you got to realize is that you are hardwired to hear hear the voice of God. If you are born again, the spirit of God lives on the inside of you. You have an ability to hear what's going on in heaven. Can I have an amen? If you're a Christian, the Bible says the spirit of the living God lives on the inside of you. That spirit of the living God on the inside of you has a connection, of course, with heaven. You're not cut off. You're not going to not, you know, you're not going to the very first time hear from heaven when you die and get to the pearly gate. No, you're talking about God wants to be living with and working with you right now and speaking to you right now. Why? Because, folks, we got really simply one job to do. There's this one job we got to do. That's all. There's only one job we're supposed to be doing. That's telling people about Jesus. That's the simplicity of it. In all varied forms of the way God works through each and every one of us. But that's the deal is we are supposed to be telling people about Jesus and that there is a way to live in heaven. That's your purpose in life. That's your main number one purpose in life. So you've got to understand you are hardwired to hear God. I gave you a bunch of scriptures on that. The second thing is you've got to look, you've got to know is that the first thing that's going to happen to you when you begin to hear the voice of God is you're going to find out who God is. I can put on YouTube and I can scroll through and listen to preachers and I can tell you in just a matter of just a little bit if that guy's hearing from heaven or not. Because he's either going to be announcing who God is of the Bible that I know he is or he's going to be preaching some crazy stuff. There's some crazy stuff out there. Holy moly. Some people don't even know how they get off and get enough funding to get on to preach crazy stuff. But there's crazy stuff going on there. But when I listen to him, because I can hear, I can hear it coming out of them. Is that the voice of my father? If you don't know God's voice, then how do you know what his voice is? I've told you all about this. I use this example. A baby can cry in the nursery and all you moms, I'll watch you in here. Your ears perk up. And then all of a no, it ain't my kid. And whoever's kid it is, that mom jumps up and runs back there because you heard the cry. Do you know that was a cry of your baby? Why? Because you're with them all the time. You spend time with them all the time. When you spend time with God, you begin to know his voice and know his ways. <clears throat> Hello? The third thing was, is that then once you begin to know God's voice, he's going to begin to to open up to you and declare who he is. And then he's going to declare who you are. Right? He's going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm the God who loves you. I'm the God that cares for you. I'm the God that jumps off the porch, runs down the road, and kisses you when you come home. That's who I am. And you're my child. You're the one in whom I love. I've got a plan for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got good things for you. I want to show you that. This is who he begins to explain to you who he is. See, so many people want to hear the voice of God. It's like, oh, I want to hear the voice of God. I want God to speak to me. I want him to tell me. I want him to tell me, you know, uh, uh, what stock should I trade in? Uh, I, I want him to tell me, you know, oh, God, where's the best deal on the car I need to buy? Now, I'm not saying God wouldn't lead you into what car you're going to buy for them. But that's not the first things you need to be developing in your relationship. If you don't know that God loves you. If you've listened to the voice of the devil for so many years that you don't even believe God loves you. 
because you did something wrong. Well, listen to me. You have not been talking to the father because you know the voice of the devil better than you know the voice of God. Look at the person beside you and say, ouch. If you, if you're, listen, listen, if you're given to worry, I mean, come on, uh, inflation's going up, food's going up, costs going up, can't get supplies, can't get stuff. But if you're worried and your worry is eating you up, well, then you're not listening to the voice of your heavenly father. Because the voice of my heavenly father says it don't make no difference. He is El Shaddai in my life. He's the all-sufficient one. He's going to take care of me. He's going to, you know, one will go down and the other one will come up. It don't make any difference. God's going to take care of me. God's going to bless me. You see, these are the things that when you hear the voice of God, you know the voice of God. That's what resounds in your heart. When you don't know the voice of God, then CNN resounds in your head. Doubt and unbelief. Folks, listen to me. I'm just telling you all, I just feel feisty today. There's all kinds of stuff out there on the Internet. There's all kinds of stuff about, you know, um, I don't want to get kicked off the Internet. So uh, 45, here, just let me do it this way. 45 coming back into play. Y'all with me? You talking code? You know what I'm talking about? Okay. But there's all kinds of stuff out there that can take you so deep down the dark path down there that you're over there trying to see that things by man manipulates and gets into position. And folks, all I'm telling you is, man, I'm, I'm believing Jesus. I'm believing God. I'm believing that he's going to move. He's going to take care of us. He's going to do what he said he'd do. Amen? I, I'm not going to go down a deep, dark rabbit trail. And, and, and either way, left or right, I'm staying in the Jesus trail. Because that's what brings me peace. And that's what, that's what he declares unto me, that who he is. And who I am in him. Okay? So those are the three points. Now, the, 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 oh, those are the four points. Here's the one I didn't get to last week. The only thing that's going to work in your life is God's will. So when you're trying to hear the voice of God, listen to me. You're, you've got to know that you're following the will of God, the general will of God. For instance, when the, the disciples went to the Samaritan city, and they didn't receive them. And the boys back up and say, hey, can we call fire down from heaven and smoke them? And Jesus said, you don't even know what spirit you're of. See, they're ready to, they're, they're wanting to do the Mount Carmel Elijah experience of calling fire down from heaven, but they're wanting to do it for a totally, completely wrong motive. Like, we'll show you, you don't receive us, we'll burn your city to the ground. Does that sound like Christian love and, 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 and caring for people and their souls? Are they going to go to heaven or not? No, it sounds like guys trying to get vengeance and say, hey, hey, don't mess with me. Right? So that's not the spirit of God. So you can't do things out of the will of God. Jesus himself in John 5, 19 through 20 says, I only do the will of my father. I only do what I've seen my father do. That's what Jesus said. He said, I'm on earth doing this because I saw my daddy do it. Now, the story that's probably, you know, most, uh, most known would be Mark 8.31. <clears throat> oh, Peter. It says here, Mark 8.31, it says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. And he spoke these words openly. So Jesus tells what's about to happen. 
And everybody's like, what? That isn't, no, you're not going to die. You know, we ain't going to be killed. Who can kill you? You've been opening blind eyes. You've been raising people from the dead. Who's going to kill you? You can't do that. (laughs) Then Peter jumps up and said, he rebuked him. He brought Jesus aside and rebuked him. But when he had turned around, it says he looked at his disciples and he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan. Now, here's the guy that he said he was going to give the keys to the church to. And now he's calling him Satan. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You see, so many times we get caught up in wanting the things of men more than we want the things of God. So you want to call fire down on somebody. Hello? You want to wish ill. That's not the will of God. You got to know what the will of God is. You got to know the will of God because you know the spirit of God because you know him from spending time with him. Are you with me? So Peter got it wrong. So if you've ever gotten it wrong, okay, no big deal. Repent and go on. We're going to have communion here in just a minute. Get all cleaned up. Start over. You start over. Okay? Now, according to Hebrews 5.12, let me just read a little bit of it to you here. <clears throat> Hebrews 5.12, it says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. So in other words, he's saying that we should all be growing in our relationship with God that we get larger, more experienced, more understanding, more wisdom of the things of God to help others with. Remember, your focus is about us helping somebody else. Okay? So he's saying we're supposed to be on a, on a, on a track of growing. You don't just get saved. You're there till you die, then you go to heaven. No. You get saved, you're, you're then becoming salt and light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And how much better of a time to do it now? We've got lots of crooked and perverse. So we ought to be shining pretty good. Then we're supposed to shine forth and tell people about Jesus. What we're supposed to do, right? Just keep that in mind. That's what you're supposed to do, all right? So he says, but you've got to be growing. You've got to be going up. You've got to get, be getting stronger. You've got to... You gotta not be hung up on the things that used to trip you up. You gotta be developing, growing, getting better, going on, moving up, rising higher. Amen? Okay. So if you do what I'm telling you to do, you spend time with Jesus, you spend time reading the words, you spend time doing this, it should. Well, let me change that. It will change you. Okay? It will change you. It will change your way of thinking. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. I don't need a show of hands, but how many of you, like you've had a confrontation with a person, and the first thought that came to your mind was not godly? Okay? So the more time you spend around Jesus, you get to the place where, when you get in the same situation, the first thought that comes to you, will be godly. When you spend time with him, his presence is going to change you. 
Now, that's where a lot of people give up because they say, whoa, 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 But I'm going to tell you, everything you keep back for yourself is going to cost you in the end. Everything you keep back, hold back, is going to cost you in the end. My fear is, I should not say fear, I should say concern, because I'm not going to walk in fear. But my concern is, there's going to be a lot of Christians that are going to fall away if things get bad. And I say... Well, we're all going to just rise to the occasion. I say we're all just going to rise to the occasion, walk right into the midst of the fire like the like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, walk right in the midst of the fire and come out not smelling like smoke. I say it's a day of miracles. I say it's a day to, 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 to rise. I say it's a day of multiplication. I say it's a day to feed the 5,000, the 7,000, you know, with, the, with just the little loaves and fishes. I say it's a day to believe God, to go over the top, because if this Bible prophecies are getting fulfilled quicker and faster than they have since Jesus came and this stuff is happening, then I'm telling you, God's got a plan and his plan in the middle of it. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Hear me. It's just because America may go down does not mean his children go down. Hear what I'm saying. We are aliens. I'm an alien. I am an alien. I am not of this world. I've got another home on the other side I'm going to step into. This is not my resting place. This is not my home. My eternity's on the other side. And so just because things happen in the world or the world we live in doesn't mean I'm going down. I'm ready to take the mantle of Elijah, slap the waters and say, where's the Lord God of Elijah? <coughs> I'm not going down. This world may go down. Everything may fall down. Right? I won't keep preaching. I won't keep laying hands on the sick. I'm going to keep keep rescuing orphans. I'm going to keep. I don't care what. I don't care if I got to put money on the back of a burro and send him all the way down to Guatemala. Bless God, we're going on. What are we going to just stop? We're just going to go to the orphans and say, "Sorry, can't help you anymore. Hard times in America. Can't make it work out. Don't have any funding for you. We ain't got nothing to feed you. Going back to the dumps. Is that what we're going to do?" We're going to believe God for miracles. We're going to be God for some kind of a miracle generating plant that generates everything we need. You know, I don't know. But I'm just telling you, God does. I'm not looking at the events going on in the world saying, oh, gosh, if the Russians attack, what are we going to do? You know, I'm not worried about whatever the Bible prophecies are getting fulfilled that are not too pretty. I'm only concerned with my relationship with Jesus and hearing his voice, spending time in his word and spending time with him so that I don't get off his will. Now, <clears throat> this is the last part. I've had this little book for a lot of years. I wonder if I wrote in here when I got it. No. I've had this book for 20 plus years, maybe 25 years. And in it is a journal and scriptures and notations and things that I have gotten while spending time in the word. Okay, this thing's precious to me. My house catches on fire. 
I'm going out with it. I've transferred a lot of it over to the to to digital. So I'd have it there. But I mean, this baby, this baby is precious to me. OK, because written in here is everything I need to know to live life. And any problem and obstacle that faces me in life, it's already written in here. I already know it. I already got a scripture on it. Got them categorized. I can shoot this. This is my machine gun of the word. This baby. The devil mess with me. I just pull this thing up. Just need one big word to pull it out. This is my life here on earth. So what I'm saying to you is the next portion of this message is simply this. While you're spending time reading, while you're spending time combing over the word, having conversation with the Lord, the minute something comes up, the minute you see something that leaps off that page to you, you need to write it down. I don't want to say, yeah, pastor, I know that, you know, I just... I got a photographic memory and everything. Well, you're going to get older. <clears throat> you write it down. You say, oh, Pastor, I've heard these messages all my life. You better hear this one. Because I'm telling you, I believe the days are coming that you're not going to be able to turn on the television. You're not going to be able to turn on the television. You better, because if you did, it'll steal faith right out of you. And you're going to have to spend time going and combing over your word. And the quickest way to do it is right here because you've already got it written down. Now, like I said, I have it on my phone. And if you're all into the digital world, fine. But I don't know. I find, again, each person is own. I find that when I read, if I try to read my Bible on my phone or on a iPad or something, it is not the same that I've got these pages in my fingers and that I get my pen out and write on it and Underline it like this. Now it's convenient to have my phone with me, and I'm preaching off an iPad. Okay, so but I have this hard copy, this this floppy disk. Some of y'all don't even know what a floppy is. Okay, and then this is what you make your confession out of. So you're learning to spend time with God. You're writing it down, but then this is what develops the confession that comes out of your mouth. You see, it doesn't make sense to me as a Christian. You read the word, spend time working. Yeah, I got the word. Oh, that's good, Lord. Oh, yeah, it's good. Oh, okay, so you went to the next place. You wrote it down. Oh, okay, you wrote it down. You put it down in the scriptures, and then somebody says, how's everything going? It's terrible. I don't know if we're going to make it. Dear God, what's going on? What's happened? Something's not made a connection. Are you with me? Folks, listen to me. No matter how bad it gets, sometimes, sometimes I feel pressure because it's like, you know, I've got a lot of responsibility here with the church. And, and I start to feel pressure. And then I stop and say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm headed to heaven. I'm going to die. I'm going to go to heaven. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I can I fly with the angels, Lord? I mean, I'm excited that I already know where I'm headed. You, you with me? I, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about, you know, oh, oh man, what's going to happen? What's going to come next? I'm not sitting around worrying, fretting about, you know, they're going to come steal my guns. They're going to come do this. They're going to come make me take a shot. They're going to come do this. They're going to come do that. They're going to, you know, the IRS got 4,000 more employees or whatever. I, oh, it's an irritant. No doubt. It's an irritant. No doubt. Is there some concern and just wondering how things may go off? But I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to dwell on this. And when I dwell on this, 
and I put it down in this, then it's going to change my confession that comes out of my mouth. So then I'm walking and say, Lord, first Timothy, I mean, second Timothy one seven says, you didn't give me a spirit of fear, so I'm not going to walk in fear. So then we develop the confessions like I have and I give you on the cards. But I want to tell you something this morning. These are my confessions. Hear what I'm saying to you. They're good. And you're welcome to use them. But these are my confessions from me spending hours and days and years and time with the Lord that I have these confessions. Where are yours? Well, I'm feeling I'm feeling alone and tired, Lord. Can you get past her confession? What? What? When you spend time with the Lord and you're writing it down and those words are coming alive to you, that's what makes your own confession. That's what puts inside of you because your confession may not be the same as my confession. It's all in the same word, yes. But there may be a way, some scripture that really speaks to you that really, it doesn't really speak that much to me because it's your revelation, not mine. And folks, that's what you defeat devils and all of hell with is that living word coming out of your mouth. They come out of your heart. They come from, from the, 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 the depths of, of who you are out of your spirit. That's that confession. That's why Proverbs 18, 21 says, death's life's in the power of the tongue, that living word coming out of you. It's either going to be a living word that brings life or a word from hell that brings death. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever guards his mouth and his tongue keeps his soul from trouble. <clears throat> Excuse me. Psalms 19, 14 says that the word be in your mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for my strength and you're my redeemer. I could go on and on and on and on. James 3 says, guard your tongue. But the point I'm trying to get to you is simply this. The confession's got to be yours. And it comes from your time with the Lord. And folks, I just cannot, I cannot jump up and down and shout loud enough today to tell you this is the time. Do not put it off. I'm telling you, everyone out there listening. You know, folks, it's amazing. I'm watching, I'm looking at y'all here, but right there going over, there's 2,000 people out there. And I'm talking to them too. But let me tell you something. There, this is not the time to be chippy-toeing around with your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not time to let the devil come into your life and sow into you doubt and unbelief, and you're believing it. Folks, listen to me. You are either saved or headed to hell. I said it. There ain't no in-between. There ain't no middle ground. You're either saved or going to split wide open the gates of heaven, and you know it inside your nor. You know it and nothing can take it from you. Somebody comes up and says, you're not saved. You're not a very good Christian. You say, I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. You cannot imagine how many times in my life I have been attacked by other preachers, men and women of God, supposedly, trying to tell me that I'm not right with God because I don't follow the standard traditions of things. And I've always just laughed because inside of my heart, you can't take it from me. I know that I'm saying, put me out on a wagon wheel and beat me with a whip. And bless God, I'm still going to say, look, you can't do anything about it. Kill me. Please hurry up and get it over with. This hurts. And I want to go to heaven because I'm going to die and I'm going, I'm out of here. But if you don't know inside of your heart, well, the Bible's simple. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, if you ask him to come into your life, 
then you will be saved. End of story. That revelation has to be down in you. Okay? And so if you're saved, you already got it made, and you're headed to heaven, well, then really whatever's going on on this earth isn't really going to make much difference. We worry too much here in America about comfort. We worry way too much about comfort. And everything that we do is based on maintaining and strengthening our comfort. I like comfort. I don't like to be uncomfortable. I'll admit it. Okay? But it's not going to rule my life. Okay? So, let me just, I'm going to do one more quick review. It's going to be quick. Just, I mean, if you don't have this, you need to write it down. You need to get it down within your heart. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to set a time to hear God's voice. Second thing you're going to do is you're going to, you are going to declare you can hear God's voice. You're hardwired. Don't go around and say, hey, God doesn't speak to me. If God's not speaking to you, it's because you're not listening. That's the end of it. Don't go and tell me, oh, you know, I did something bad and God. No, you're just, you're in over listen, you're in condemnation and you're not hearing the voice of God, but he's trying to speak to you and you ain't listening. Okay. Third thing is, is you got to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. The Holy Spirit's what makes this word alive. Jesus is the word that I spoke to you. John 6, 63. It's spirit. It's life. The Holy Spirit's there to open the word to you. You say, well, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Well, then you need to pray a prayer like you did a sinner's prayer and say, Holy Spirit, come into my life and fill me right now full to overflowing. I want everything God's got. And he said, according to Luke 11, he said, if you did ask for him, you'd get it. The fourth thing is, is you're going to start reading your Bible. On a, just like I'm teaching you, reading it on a, on a, on a, in a methodical way, going through chapter by chapter. Okay? And then, huh? Then... You're going to write it down, that living word that jumps off. You're going to write it down, that living word that jumps off. And the last thing is, then that's how you're going to make your confession. Your confession. I want to challenge each and every one of you today that you write up your own confession based on Scripture. Don't write up a confession and give it to me and say, Pastor, I got one for you. And it says, boy, I tell you, I'll tear a new piece off of you. I can go for that. No, I want to hear it from the word. Okay? I don't want to hear it just out of your head. But I challenge each and every one of you. Right? Where's your confession? Like I said, I'm not being ugly, but I'm saying these are mine. And I share them with you. But where's your confession? What do you have written down in your notebook? That you get up every morning and declare. Do you get up every morning and declare, I'm a child of God, I'm born again, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Devil, you better not mess with me. I'm a devil stomping, giant killing. I mean, what, what do you got coming out of your mouth? Oh God, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like the Russians are attacking and we ain't going to. Now, what's going out of your mouth? Because whatever's in your mouth coming out of your mouth is what's in your heart. Hello? Whatever's coming out of your mouth is what's in your heart. And if that's the junk that's in your heart, well, then, folks, I'm going to tell you something. Then I can tell you why you're sad, dejected, feeling sorry for yourself, having pity parties, barely making it in life, not being salt in life. I mean, you're pepper and vinegar because what's in you. Okay? So those simple six things, you do it, it's going to rock your world. It's going to rock your world. 
He said, well, I don't have enough time to do that. You better find the time, buddy. I was talking to a person the other day. It's kind of scary. Bought their first gun. This is an older person. Bought their first gun. And then was asking me how they load it. And I was like, ay. That was scary. I said, don't do anything. Don't, Don't touch it. But leave it in the box so somebody can get you some instruction. Just, dear Lord. That's spooky. Now, we all got to start somewhere. We all got to learn. But what I'm saying to you is, I don't want to hear that from you. I don't want you to be calling up and saying, now, what page am I supposed to be reading on? No, you learn this thing. Come on. Y'all with me? You know it forwards and backwards. You got your confession down in your heart. You know, man, you pop out. Somebody mess with you. Cut them up with the word. Devil shows up at your door. You do that a few times to him, boy, he ain't showing back up. As soon as he opens up the door, you just beat him in the head with a stick. He'll quit coming around. But you got to do it. And I challenge you, make your confession, write your confession down, get it down. So it's yours. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have communion now. And uh, those of you watching or in the broadcast or listening today, you get your communion ready there. We're gonna, you, you, can, you can take communion with us. Now, communion here is real simple at Living Waters Church. We have an open communion service. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you know that you know that you're saved and you're right with Him, then you're welcome to have communion with us. But I want to tell you something. I'm believing God for this communion to be a holy communion. Not in word, but in spirit. I'm believing God today that when you come up here and, and, and I, I, this, yeah, you say, oh, Pastor, you're kind of crazy. I am this morning. I'm wired and inspired this morning. I'm believing when you drink that juice and eat that bread, that it's going to put a zip in your step like you ain't never had before. I'm believing you. It's, I'm going to believe it's causing supernatural hunger on the inside of you. I'm believing that, that you, you know, you, you think you're hungry for dinner on the grounds, but I want to tell you something. You don't get so hungry for the word. You can't put it down. You can't stop. You're just looking for a word all the time. You just become ravenous. And I want to tell you why I believe that I got hold of a scripture myself Mm-mm. where the apostle Paul said, hey, in the manner that I've done, you do a, I'm a person who's ravenous for the word. So I'm praying it's going to get off on you. I'm praying you get around me, you get infected. You think you're worried about the COVID virus, man. You've got the Holy Ghost reading virus jump off on you. It's more contagious than Omnicrom. You just get around me and the Holy Ghost. So when you come up here and you take communion today, I'm believing you get totally, completely, 100% infected with a hunger for the Word of God. That the Spirit of God's going to do it. He's going to do it. You just can't, you, you, you know, it's not going to have to be me. I have to call you up and say, have you read your Word? No, you're just going to get so hungry. You're going to just be ravenous, 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 ravenous. And it's going to change your life for the better. It's going to prepare you for what's coming down the road. Amen. Amen. So can I have my, my pastoral team, prayer team come down here to help me serve this morning? Come up here and play us something pretty. Now, I know that as we begin to serve communion, the spirit of God's moving on you. We're going to get a little, uh, uh, you know, not out of order, but whatever the word is. And so uh, we are having dinner on the grounds. I want to invite you, if you didn't know today that we're having dinner on the grounds, we are having dinner on the grounds over in the fellowship hall. When you finish your time in the communion service, you know, you're welcome to, to go over, stay with us, do whatever. Don't leave just because you, you didn't know what was dinner on the grounds. You need to visit with somebody. You need to have fellowship with somebody. You need to make a new friend today. Amen. 
Because in the future, friends are going to be very important. All right? I was told most of my life, it's not what you know, Robert, it's who you know. And a lot of times it was meant for a bad thing, but I believe in the days ahead, that's going to be really important. It's not what you know, but it's who you know. Because friends are going to be important. We need friends and what's coming down into the future. And so praise God. So, so get your hearts prepared. Like I said, you're going to get infected when you come up here with the Holy Ghost hunger. The Bible tells us on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, now take and eat for this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. And so today this bread becomes the bread of life to each and every one of us. So Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you today, Lord God, for the living bread of God coming into our lives and setting us free in Jesus mighty name says and afterwards he took the cup and when he had given the cup he said this is a new covenant poured out of my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Folks, I'm telling you today, none of us should leave this altar with guilt in our lives because the blood of Jesus is there for forgiveness. All you have to do is repent. So Lord, we thank you for this cup. We thank you, Lord God, for your blood that was shed on the cross for us. We thank you, O oh Heavenly Father, that today our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven this day. In Jesus' mighty name.